Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Dodgers. Choke. Clayton Kershaw chokes. Danny G chokes. I lose my bet on lock it in. What should I do tonight for game two? Game two, uh, the uh, the Dodgers, by the way, for those of you waking up who fell asleep last night and did not stay up for the entire uh, game, the, uh, the Dodgers lost. Clayton Kershaw, not very good, gave up three runs before getting removed, then gave up a couple more runs that he was responsible for. Uh, and then the uh, the game is basically put away in the seventh inning with a three run homer. The Red Sox go on to win eight to four, um, and uh, I lost my bet because of Danny G. Well, I think you should pull a Whitlock today. So whatever your first inkling is, do the opposite. Like Whitlock Fade pulled myself. on you. Yes. The Red Sox right now are minus one thirty five. I'll decide uh, as the as the show progresses, the day progresses on uh, lock it in I'm actually in a lead in lock it in because Whitlock gave me a good advantage coming in so uh, I gotta I gotta really think about what I'm gonna do it was a tie game when Kershaw left so at least you can say that on TV today yeah you're also failing in all respects by the way game six was on Halloween last night game six okay well I knew there was a game because I remember people here complaining yeah the series went seven but game six I understand game six on Halloween my thing is, how could you make the decision 
to put potentially a Game 7 on Halloween night. That just seems like a bad scheduling move by Major League Baseball. Well, that's Game 6. I had a friend who had to go to their kid's baseball practice last night, and she was freaking out. She didn't want to be there on Game 1 of the World Series. So can, yeah, you, you, can you imagine Game 6? There's always going to be a conflict in people's lives, right? I mean, like, it's impossible. It's not like you can be like, hey, what day does your kid have baseball practice? Let's go ahead and change it for everybody. Yeah, but don't you think the manager of that team should have just canceled the practice for that night? If in L.A.? Yeah. yeah I would have done it. Yeah, I mean, I think, but look, there are lots of Little League people out there that think that Little League sports are literally the most important thing that any family has going on. My position is always, yeah, if there's a conflict and it's a big deal, cancel practice. But there's a guy out there who's like, man, my seven- and eight-year-old Little League baseball team, it's what I live for, and I got to make sure that we never miss a game, never miss a practice. But yeah, I would have canceled it. Um, speaking of which, this is also my my theory in general. I got a great question in the anonymous mailbag yesterday. Uh, but, but let me say this before I get to the anonymous mailbag. The $1.6 billion lottery ticket, the biggest in American history, has been sold, and the winner bought the ticket in South Carolina. So if you are listening to me right now in South Carolina, as many of you are, and you bought a lottery ticket, you better make sure you check those numbers. Because the winning ticket only won... Only one winning ticket. Somebody is waking up today $1.6 billion richer. So we will see who that person is and uh, and what their lifestyle is about to change. It's going to be wild. All right, on Wednesdays, in hour two, we do the anonymous mailbag live on the radio. For people who are new to this, I believe that I am uniquely talented when it comes to making people make good decisions in their lives. I think if you come to me with a problem, I can solve it. I am the King Solomon of the internet. I am the King Solomon of radio. And I may one day be the King Solomon of TV as well. You have a problem. You bring it to me. I will listen to your problem. And I will solve it for you. Any problem, sports, beyond relationships, anything, Wednesday in hour two is Judge Clay puts on his lawyer hat, listens to your problems, and makes the world a better place by solving them. All we need from you is the state in which you are calling. We don't need a name. We need you to call Dub right now, 877-996-6369. Tell him your state. Tell him your problem. And then Dub will put all of these calls in order and we will go through and we will make sure that we solve your problem. 877-996-6369. My big problem here is for Lock It In tonight, my television show on FS1. By the way, they told me the show's ratings, and it's because of you guys, the TV show's ratings, are up 70% in the first month since we started. So you guys out there are starting to watch in really big numbers. And this is the first sports gambling daily television show. That's a pretty remarkable growth in one month. The numbers have gone up 70%. In other words, we're coming up on doubling the audience we had the first week of shows we did. So that's a credit to you guys. I appreciate everybody sharing that, setting your DVRs, and watching that show. We're having a good time. And even if you're not a hardcore sports gambling fan – 
I think the fun that we have with Rachel Bonetta hosting, with uh, Cousin Sal from The Ringer and uh, the Bill Simmons Podcast Network, and with, uh, with me and Todd Furman, it's a pretty fun group. Last week, Jason Whitlock was sitting in for me. This week, things uh, seem to be rolling pretty well. Whitlock handed me the baton, did pretty well. So we'll see whether or not that success continues. Uh, but do we have the audio last night of the home run that broke Dodger fans' hearts? I hate to do this to the city of Los Angeles, but if we have that audio, this is the moment when you can actually see the Dodger yeah. fan heartbreak. Here I think our I think our computer's frozen. We're not going to be able to play what? that. Why do we have computers that freeze all the time? Clay, do you calm think- down. I'm just kidding. I just didn't want to hear it. Uh, all right. Okay. Do go you ahead. think go ahead. that ESPN ever has computers that <laughs> yeah. freeze? Yeah, they do. do. Think- they just don't have a host ranting and yelling about no, it live on the radio. I guarantee you the computer, you know those computers no. they used to use to put the Scantron in <laughs> back when you were a kid? Like you would take those fill-in-the-bubble tests. I'm just happy that the Fox Sports Radio computer survived Y2K. <laughs> I, I just I'm really happy I think we still have dial-up internet I think we're the last AOL subscribers on the planet in the Fox Sports Radio studio hey but we have the nicest newest million dollar green room they call it here although it's a blue kitchen slash photo session room when this you walk into Fox Sports yeah and they put a brand new iPod iPad rather iPad. A brand new uh, yeah, iPod would be 2003, huh? They put a brand new iPad in the studio. So we can FaceTime with Clay. Yes. Well, I think, in all honesty, I have I have a stand right here with a massive uh, iPad on it, too. The idea was that we were going to we were gonna FaceTime with each other. Jeez. But we see enough I, of you on FS1. All, I, yeah. First of all, I don't, I don't believe that two men should be looking at each other on FaceTime phones to begin with. I think if you are a straight man yep. and you FaceTime your friend. I had that happen the other day to me. My phone rang. And every now and then, you know, people accidentally FaceTime you. So, you know, like you, you butt yeah, dial somebody, dial. but mm-hmm. it happens to be a FaceTime. Like I accidentally FaceTimed Cowherd the other day, and I, I was mortified. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, Cowherd's going to think I'm trying to hit on him. Like, why am I trying to FaceTime Cowherd? So my phone rang the other day, and it was a FaceTime from Leinert. And I just, Matt Leinert, I just declined it. I'm like, I, what, why is Matt Leinert FaceTiming? Must be a butt dial. And then he calls me again on FaceTime, and I'm like, "What's what's going on here?" And I pull it up, and it's Leinert, and he's sitting on the Fox Studios lot, and he's like, he has a question for me. Creepy. And I'm like, "Why didn't you just text me, dude?" He's like, "I like to FaceTime. I want to look at you." And I was like, "Leinert, like you don't need to be FaceTiming other dudes. Like I FaceTime. The only person I FaceTime is my wife or our nanny." And I, I don't want to pull a Ben Affleck here. When I FaceTime my nanny, <laughs> it's because I want to talk to the kids, right? So the only people that I want to FaceTime with, if I'm on the road or I'm out and it's like getting close to bedtime or it's the middle of the day, because I tell my kids, I say, look, if you want to see dad when I'm on the road, at any time you can FaceTime me and I will do my absolute best to either answer the phone no matter what's going on and talk to you, or I will immediately call you back. And so, and, and that my 10-year-old knows it, my 8-year-old knows it, my 4-year-old knows it. And I think there are a lot of dads and moms out there who travel for work and you feel the same way. So FaceTime is amazing for that. But to talk to another dude, no way. Now, if I were a single guy, I want to look at women. I would want a single woman to call me on FaceTime all the time. Now, there's a limited exception if like you're at a remarkable event. If somebody FaceTimes you and like something incredible is going on and they're like, hey, you need to see this. Okay, well, that's different. But just to FaceTime me, to be like, hey, what time are we meeting at the bar? Where are we going to go watch the game tonight? No, text me. It's the same thing I feel, by the way, about uh, voicemail. 
I don't think that anybody should ever leave me a voicemail. Agreed. In this day and age, I hate when people leave me voicemails because inevitably I get a voicemail and it's like one of those places where your phone doesn't work and you're like, well, what did somebody just leave me on the voicemail? Has uh, Do I have like cancer? Has my doctor just <laughs> called that my HIV test is in and it wasn't positive? Like, what is? Your, why is there a voicemail? Your phone just winds up giving you a transcript of it anyway, so why doesn't the person just text you? Right. Why not just say, hey, or like every time the voicemail, if I need to send somebody a text, I just say, hey, give me a, give me a buzz when you get a chance. And like even I, I just I hate the concept of a voicemail. I, I really I wish that I could not have voicemail on my phone. Yeah. It's just awful every time. You don't like being bothered on your phone at all, which I understand. But before we get to the mailbag, I see you, Boston. I raise you, Ryu, tonight. But uh, Alex Wood came in. Uh, they should have never Dave Roberts. That is should have never Roberts. Roberts. You should have never took Pedro Baez out of the game. He was throwing straight gas. Alex Wood came in, and then did you hear Joe Buck? He was uh, was it Joe Buck or was it uh, who was next to Joe Buck? Smoltz. Smoltz. Smoltzy was talking about how good Eduardo Nunez was at hitting junk pitches. Right as he says that, Wood throws a junk pitch, and Nunez does this. Nunez swings it, drives one to left, high and deep by the wall, gone! Three-run pitch over Eduardo Nunez, can you believe it? And the Red Sox lead it 8-4. That's the moment that broke L.A. sports fans' heart. Now, i got to be honest with L.A. I'm upset with L.A. right now. I put up a poll question, and I know it's early in the morning on the the West Coast. I know it's only 4.15-ish on the West Coast right now. But I asked which city is the king of American sports right now, Boston or Los Angeles. And I don't mean that in terms of winning championships. I mean it in terms of storylines. I think that Boston and L.A. are the two best American sports cities right now in terms of all the storylines, whether it's LeBron with the Lakers, the Rams the best record in the NFL, Chargers are 5-2, and two, even Chip Kelly with UCLA. Uh, the the USC doesn't isn't relevant this year, but a lot of times they are. And obviously, you got the Dodgers in the World Series. Boston Red Sox are in the World Series. Clearly, for the Patriots, Brady and Belichick have been the story in the NFL for most of the last 15 years. You've got the Celtics, which believe they are now the best team in the East. I think the storylines are pretty equal. I'm getting destroyed on Twitter for even asking this question. And through 5,000 votes in the first 50 minutes of the show, 5,000 of you have voted. You can go find me on Twitter, at Clay Travis. Boston is getting 86% of the vote. Which city is the king of American sports right now, Boston or L.A.? Boston getting 86% of the vote. A lot of venom being directed directed at the city of Los Angeles in my mentions right now, getting only 14% of the vote. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Just in, breaking news. We got the breaking news sounder. That's really weak. Is there not a better breaking news sounder for the show than oh, that? We, we have an official one we can give you. You ready for that yeah. one? Yeah, I want that one. Breaking news from Fox Sports. Now, if you are listening in the state of South Carolina, this is pretty exciting. It's exciting no matter where you are. Only one, a single $1.6 billion jackpot ticket has been sold in the state of South Carolina. 
So someone out there right now waking up in America today has just won $1.6 billion. That's billion with a B. Man, the recruiting battles between South Carolina and Clemson are about to get a lot more interesting (laughs) if this person is a sports fan. $1.6 billion, only one ticket. This is the biggest, the biggest jackpot by far in the history of America. And can we talk for a minute about how ridiculous it is that we can have nationwide lotteries, but states are just now finally getting around to allowing people to legally bet on sports? I mean, you want to talk about craziness. We got a $1.6 billion lottery going on, and some states out there won't let you bet 20 bucks on who's going to win the next uh, NFL game. Uh, $1.6 billion. How many people would still go to work the next day if they won this $1.6 billion lottery? Zero percent. Come on. Unless you just had some kind of job where you could kind of lounge and loaf and or maybe buy your own company. That would be cool. Walk in the next day as the new owner. I think I would do work. I think I would. Would I mean, you buy the network and would, change the name? I'm not. I'm not sure that 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 would be the way that I would choose to. Spend I would buy the money. Outkick. You would buy Outkick from me. Would yeah. you do? Would you yeah. do? I would sell it to you if you would had one point six million. Would it be Clay Sports Radio? That would be really funny if I just. Uh, what do you think Cal Hurd and Gottlieb would say if I did? They just rolled in and they had to start saying Clay Travis. Yeah, like Fox Sports. Just buy the Fox. Sports Instead of uh, Fox logo. Sports Radio, it would be Clay Sports Radio. They'd have to say your name every time. That would be. Really hard for them. Uh, $1.6 billion. Uh, I'm going to completely oh, table now that we know that $1.6 billion has been won. Uh, I'm not even going to take <laughs> your calls on L.A. versus Boston. I'm more intrigued by what it would be to win $1.6 billion. Clay, my think- cousin lives in Charleston. Shouts out to Scott. You're my favorite cousin, by the way, Scott, in case he bought the ticket. <laughs> I, I We're on all over the state of South Carolina. Um, and obviously it could be, we don't know what the, you guys need to do research on this and see when they're going to name the part of South Carolina where this ticket was sold because it's possible, you know, this is a Charlotte suburb. It's possible this is, uh, you know, who, who knows exactly where it is in the Palmetto State. Uh, but I am intrigued to see who won this $1.6 billion and how much their life has just changed overnight. And maybe, you know, there's lots of different uh, people who work at jobs who pool their money together. Even though it's a single ticket, it might be something where, you know, a bunch of people who work together, that seems to happen fairly regularly where you got like 100 people who win the lottery. Um, But I think I would do work. I I, I really do. Now, I say that, and I was sitting around, um, like, next week is Halloween, and I got more vacation under my new uh, under my new contract that I signed. And I was like, you know what? I might take the day after Halloween off. Because if my kids are out late, we're running around, and people drink heavily in the neighborhood. I'm like, I believe that Halloween, the day after Halloween, should be a national holiday. Like, I don't know why it isn't already, you know, where we can all sleep in. Either that or I've been arguing for a while that Halloween should always be the last Saturday in um in the uh in the in in October and by the way if you're already thinking out there you're listening to me right now if you're a huge baseball fan we got a potentially incredibly conflict here because Halloween night is if Red Sox Dodgers goes to game seven that's when it's happening that seems like a miss miss scheduling opportunity to me does that seem like crazy move to you too like that maybe you look at it and you start the World Series 
at a different date so that Game 7 wouldn't happen on Halloween night? Because that's a way, it seems like, to get a lot of dads and moms who want to watch Game 7 into an uproar when you got to take your kids out and go trick-or-treating with them. Didn't that that happen last year for Game 7 between the uh, the Dodgers and the World Series champion Was it on Astros? Halloween again last year? It Why was. would you do that? I know. I remember. Why would Major League Baseball <laughs> schedule anything that could end on a major night when people have obligations? Yeah. Oh, there were a lot of complaints. There were dads who were taking their kids out way too early and then getting back to their TV. Yeah, I mean, uh, that that's a real mess on the West Coast for sure because – you know, the game is going to end, you know, what? It starts out there at 6 or whatever, and then you end up in a situation where it's almost impossible yeah. to go out. Kids, we're trick-or-treating at 3 p.m. Get ready. Yeah, I mean, I think the city should just announce that they're going to do it. But I, I think that would be two solutions that, to me, make sense. Halloween has become such a big event. Like, my wife has got all these different decorations up all over the house. I mean, all these crazy Halloween decorations that look terrifying. And then we were on our flight back from London – and I've got a fifth grader, and he was asking me, he was like, hey, is it okay if I watch uh, Quiet Place? By the way, Quiet Place, great. I, I, I don't get to watch movies very often. There was no Wi-Fi on the uh, airplane, so I couldn't work. So I just sat down and watched movies flying to London and coming back. The Quiet Place movie, yeah. so good. Oh, I hope they make a part two for that. Really good. I also watched Red Sparrow with Jennifer Lawrence. Really good. She's naked throughout the entire movie, by the way, oh, in case cool. you're wondering, like, should I go see it? There's a there's a there's another positive reason to go see it. By the way, and there I is watched... going to be a sequel to A Quiet Place, by the way. Are they making a yes. sequel to Red Sparrow, too? I'm not sure. Sh- I'm not sure about that. But I mean, it was kind of set up. So that would there she could be, be as made. naked in the sequel? If they care about America being a happy place, they would. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I watched that movie. She was awesome in it and not just because she was naked a lot. Uh, but and also... I don't know, like, on American televisions, I think they um, they edit it, but the nudity was all on my screen. Like, when I was flying back on British Airways, and my kid's sitting next to me, and I'm like, man, I look like a pervert. There's Jennifer Lawrence naked all over my screen here. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Dub. Put them in order. Let me hear the music. It's time for the Anonymous Mailbag live every Wednesday in hour two. I solve the problems of the OutKick universe. Here's what it sounds like. You've got mail, mother Anonymous Mailbag! If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. All right, Dub, who should we go to first? Let's start things off in Indiana. Indiana up first. What you got for me? Hey, so I, uh, Indiana militia, or Mallard militia chapter, Work third shift. The, the struggle is real quick. What's the best place to meet women as a third shift guy? Barnes Noble, Starbucks, the grocery store. I'm stuck. I'm in the Your third. Room. Okay, hold on. Let me ask a couple of questions. Your third shift, meaning you work from 12 to 8, is that right? 11 to 7. 11, 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. All right. Uh, and uh, on top of that, you are how old? 27. 27. Single guy, never married, no kids. Correct. All right. Uh, Good question. This is actually a good question. We get a lot of people, obviously, as we're on across the nation, who work in odd hours. And so if you have this guy, he's the third shift, he works from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. That's a tough kind of schedule in general. The guys on the show out in L.A. obviously are overnight to morning guys. I think that 
first of all, I, I don't know how you decide to date. I think 11-7 to 7 is not actually that tough on weekends, right? Because you're used to being up late. You just go to dinner late. And I, I don't know. What do you do, Danny G? You're actually the, more of an expert here. To me, 11-7 to 7 is not that bad. Because let's say you go to dinner at 9 o'clock you're probably used to being up. Now, meeting the girls in the first place is probably a challenge. But I would say, um, you know, on the weekend, you can still go out to the bars just like – I mean, he's 27. You can still go out to the bars just like your normal guy can. Like, I don't see why it would be that much different than a normal job. Yeah, you definitely can meet women out and about. And the other thing to do is online dating because – that breaks the ice. That's how you meet the girl. She does a background check on you through your Instagram page or some of your social media. And then you set up a date with her to grab a drink at a bar. That is the entryway into dating a female. Yeah, I think it's actually the, the shift work is more intriguing almost for, you know, like dealing with your life outside of the shift work. Because if you got kids, maybe that's not so bad if they're young because you put them to bed and then you can hopefully get home and be able to see him in the morning. Like, I get up early in the morning to do this show. When As soon as I finish this show, at almost 8 a.m. my time, I hang up with the guys, we, we you know go to the – and I take my kids to school. So my schedule right now is not that bad for my kids because they're, uh, they're young. If my kids were in high school, my schedule would be a lot tougher. When you're up early in the morning, people always want to know how early do you get up. It would be really tough, I think, with my schedule if – my kids had, you know, football games every, you know, or, or basketball or soccer games that were late at night and you're sitting around worried about them. Or if they're teenagers and they're out late hours, then you're like up at night and you're falling asleep. I mean, that gets to be tough. Yep. 877-996-6369. Uh, let's go to uh, who's up next, uh, Dub. New York is up next. New York State. What you got for me? Hey, Clay. Love the show. Love your book. Um, I think your book is transcend sports. I really think that it's uh, describing a greater issue, and uh, I'm really enjoying it. My my issue, my problem is that a few weeks back on the nightly news, I don't know if you saw this. This Oregon uh, runner with cerebral palsy got a secured a Nike contract, and during the interview towards the end, the Nike rep said, "You're just another Nike athlete." And that pissed me off to no end to the point where I had to stop, like, the whole family, my wife and her two aunts, family, and we had to, like, sit there and talk about it. And at first they thought I was an a-hole, but I think I kind of brought them around. And I just really wanted you to articulate why that pissed me off so so much. <clears throat> well, it pissed you off a lot. I, I don't know exactly. I haven't I've, – I've seen some of that stuff, like, people share videos, and I know there was some uh, – but I haven't watched that video. So it upset you because you think – like that that person should be treated differently well i i feel like uh, the nike rep was trying to like tow the the pc line and to say hey you're you're just another nike athlete but that runner although not an an elite athlete uh by collegiate standards he was performing at an, an elite level for somebody with cerebral palsy the cerebral palsy is is the very essence of what makes him great. He is something inside of him allows him to overcome at, at an elite level to the point where he could secure a Nike contract. Yeah, and, I, but the Nike I, 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 trying I, to like like cash cash in on both. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Again, I haven't watched that specific uh, video, but I would assume that what the person at Nike – look, I've been critical of Nike because I think the decision to hire Colin Kaepernick was insanely dumb, and I think that's going to work against their overall brand. But to me, uh, I think probably what the Nike person was probably trying to say there was, you know, I'm treating you the same way that I would everybody else. And so um, if you have a disability, many people who have disabilities want to be treated the same as you would anybody else. They don't want that special treatment. So, I, you know, context is always key in everything in life, despite the fact that I know on social media, everybody immediately tosses context aside and everybody wants someone to immediately be either the greatest human on the planet or the worst human on the planet. And the reality is we're all just trying to be, I think, a little bit better than we actually are every day. And so I tend to be more lenient in stories like these. I I don't think there was a nefarious angle uh, in play there. Uh, Dub, what's up next? Pennsylvania's up next. Pennsylvania, what you got for me? Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm looking to buy a house within uh, the next year or so. And uh, so my fiance and I, you know, we're building a life together. Uh, this, this is, I'm 35 years old. I've basically been a, a single bachelor up until about two years ago, meeting her. Um, we have two kids together and, you know, we're building a life together, so looking to get a house within the next year. And um, so the big thing is, um, you know, putting money down on it. And uh, I do have some liquid assets that I can, uh, you know, get rid of to come up with a down payment. And uh, I'm arguing over uh, one of my assets, which is a a nice little older car. I'm in the auto body business by trade. And uh, I've had this little car for, uh, you know, about eight years now. It's my, it's my own little hot rod, you know. And uh, I'm, I'm torn because it doesn't owe me a thing. Uh, it's just costing me money and, you know, insurance and stuff like that. Fees What's and, it uh, worth? You know, I'm, um, probably uh, three to five grand. Um, and, and how much uh, are you trying to, how much are you trying to put down on a house? Uh, 10 grand at least. Uh, I have a, I have a motorcycle as well that I could sell cause I have a few, I have three motorcycles and uh, I could sell one of them. And then, uh, you know, she wants me to sell this car and I just, I just, I'm torn, man. I, I kind of don't want to get rid of it. It's a, it's a hard car to come by. So. I, I understand. Look, I mean, one of the challenges when you become an adult is every decision is not made for your benefit. That's what I would say is the difference between being a kid and an adult. I don't so much define being a kid versus being an adult by age anymore. Because to me, a 25-year-old can still be a kid. If you are 25 and your only obligations are yourself, you're still a kid in my mind. Doesn't mean like, I'm not talking about for purposes of how you're treated by the law or whether you're the age of majority and everything else. To me, the difference between adulthood and being a kid is when you have to start making decisions that aren't entirely predicated on you. And there are still some 40-year-old guys out there listening to me right now who are kids. If you are a single 40-year-old and you are only responsible for yourself, to me, you are still a kid. There's nothing wrong with being a kid, but child and kid-like decisions are entirely predicated on you as an individual. It's why I always say, there's a lot of people out there who, uh, who listen to this show, and I always say, if you don't have kids yourself, you aren't actually busy. I can't tell you the number of times 
I hear somebody who's going to college and they're like, I'm 18 and my life is so busy. And I'm like, dude, shut up. Your life is not that busy. You're in college. You might have some crappy job or you make $7 an hour outside of that job. You have so much time to fill that you don't even realize it. If you don't have a kid, you are not actually busy. Okay? That is true. I know people out there want to feel like, I'm so man, I barely have time to get to the gym. If you have time to get to the gym, you ain't actually that busy. There's a lot of moms and dads listening to me right now. They're just laughing. They're like, you don't have time to get to the gym. I haven't been to the gym since 1988. You know, I've, I've had five kids. They're all between the ages of 20 and 8 right now. And I haven't been to the gym in 20 years. I have, I have to go to eight different sporting events this week. My kid's schedule is crazy. I can barely keep up with it. My wife's got them in so many different things. Swimming lessons, gymnastics, dance, basketball, football. Like, we got a calendar on the wall, and it makes my head roll back into my, uh, my, my eyes roll back into my head to just look at the damn thing. And so my life between having, like, I was, even if you're married, if you're married, it starts to change a little bit. But there's a big difference between having kids and not. But you're a kid if you don't have kids yet. Sounds like you have kids. You're trying to buy a home. One of the challenging things about getting married and buying a home and bringing other people into your life is you have to start to make decisions about people other than yourself. You've got three motorcycles. I'm not a motorcycle guy, but it seems to me that you can only ride one motorcycle at a time unless you are an incredible evil Knievel style amazing motorcycle rider. Maybe you can put one leg on each and ride two at the same time. I don't know anybody who could ride three. All right, If you can get a hand on one and two legs on the other and go all three at the same time, if you got three motorcycles, you should sell the two you don't like the most. If you've got a hot rod, you're 35 and buying a house, what are you going to do with the hot rod? you got a two-car garage probably in the house, if that. One side is your wife's car. Are you going to put your real car or the hot rod in there? I don't understand you people who aren't filthy rich that have cars just to have cars. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. So I would sell the hot rod. I would sell two of the motorcycles, take that money, put it into a house, make a smart financial decision. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. We talked about this a little bit on Monday. Something is rotten in Columbus. And I don't think it's all connected to Zach Smith. I think he was a symptom of the larger problem that exists at Ohio State. And I can't quite put my finger on it. But in the last two years, Ohio State has gone on the road against a mediocre Big Ten team and gotten crushed. Last year, Ohio State went on the road against Iowa. They were a 30-point favorite, I believe, in that game. And they gave up 55 points and they lost by over 30. It was one of the biggest swings that we saw in terms of the expected outcome in the Vegas gambling line and what actually happened on the field. And it cost Ohio State a chance to play for the championship. Last weekend, Ohio State goes on the road against a mediocre Big Ten opponent. They are a two-touchdown favorite over Purdue, and they get walloped 49-20. to Two straight years, Ohio State has gone on the road against a drastically inferior opponent, and they have lost. Now reports are that Urban Meyer does not have a very good relationship with 
Gene Smith or his bosses at Ohio State. Why could that be? Well, I think it's because they realized that Urban Meyer lied in that investigation into what he knew about Zach Smith. The question of whether Urban Meyer should be fired for what he knew about Zach Smith is an interesting one, I think. Because what full knowledge do you want to import to a college football coach? It's a broad question, and I don't think there's an easy answer for it. But could Urban Meyer have been fired for lying about deleting text messages, about whether he had told his boss all of the information that he knew? I think certainly Urban Meyer was caught in a series of lies in that Ohio State investigation. And I think the mushroom cloud that surrounds that investigation has polluted many of his relationships internally at Ohio State. Such that I believe there's a good chance that Urban Meyer at the end of this season is going to walk away from Ohio State like he walked away from Florida. I think he's going to be leaving Ohio State. I think there's a good chance that they will elevate Ryan Day just like Oklahoma did when uh, when Bob Stoops left, Lincoln Riley took over. They didn't really miss uh, miss a beat. What I'd be concerned about Ohio State is this. I think, first of all, Michigan is better. I've been critical of Jim Harbaugh, and the reason I've been critical of Jim Harbaugh is I have said Jim Harbaugh is the most overrated coach in the history of college football. The minute that he went to Michigan, people wanted to put him on the pedestal with Nick Saban. They wanted to put him on the pedestal with Urban Meyer. And since that time, Dabo Sweeney, I think, has surpassed Urban Meyer to become the second best coach in college football. If you were ranking college football coaches right now at this exact moment, number one coach beyond a shadow of a doubt is Nick Saban. Alabama has a dynasty rolling. This is the best team Alabama's ever had. I don't think anybody can beat the Crimson Tide. Good debate you can have. Who is a more prohibitive favorite in their sport right now? Golden State Warriors or the Alabama Crimson Tide. I think it's Alabama as not as dominant as Golden State, but only as a function of the fact that you only have to win one game against Alabama to eliminate them, whereas you have to win a four-game series against the Golden State Warriors. Win healthy. If Tua Tagovailoa stays healthy, the Heisman Trophy race is over. Tua is going to win it. And as a result, I think that that is going to be a precipitous victory for Tua and Alabama. Number two on the list, Dabo Sweeney. Number three is Urban Meyer. But something interesting about Urban Meyer, when he left Florida, what brought on the stress that ultimately led Urban Meyer to leave? I think in a big degree, it was Nick Saban going to Alabama. And Urban Meyer could tell that Nick Saban was better at coaching and building football programs than he was. You'll watch Urban Meyer go up against Nick Saban at Alabama. A little bit at a time, Urban Meyer's advantage at Florida began to fade. Urban Meyer started to scramble, started to take more risks on character. Eventually, his locker room exploded, and Urban Meyer ran away. That's what happened. Now, he blamed his health I think the health conditions were brought on by the stress that came from Nick Saban becoming the dominant coach in the SEC. And I think Urban Meyer decided to tuck his uh, tail between his legs and run from Nick Saban and head out of college football. Set out for a year, said, I got to get healthy. I want my family back around me, everything else. And then what did he do? He went to Ohio State 
and he started building a program there. Because I think he looked at the Big Ten. He said the overall coaching is weaker. The overall talent is weaker. I can run a program at Ohio State and win at a big level. To Urban Meyer's credit, his second best year ever coaching, I believe, came at Ohio State when he won his title in 2014 with Cardell Jones. I think Urban Meyer's team got hot. That was the second best job Urban Meyer ever did coaching. The best was when he won a national championship with Chris Leak. Year two at Florida, year two at Ohio State, Urban Meyer gets a championship at both places. But then what happens? Suddenly the pressure is building around Urban Meyer. James Franklin at Penn State is really good. Winning at a high level. Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. A lot better than the situation Michigan was in when Urban Meyer got there. And certainly the continued ability of Mark D'Antonio to beat Urban Meyer. But I think it's really Jim Harbaugh. I think that right now, Urban Meyer sees his program slipping, is looking at Michigan. I think Michigan should be favored over Ohio State in that final game of the season. And you know I've been very critical of Jim Harbaugh, but I think if you were buying stock in programs right now, Jim Harbaugh and Michigan is rising and Urban Meyer and Ohio State is falling. And I think there are a lot of reasons for that, but I think one of the big ones is that Urban Meyer has let the same degree of rot set in at the program at Ohio State that happened at Florida. And I think Jim Harbaugh is going to be the Big Ten version for him of what Nick Saban was at Alabama. And Urban Meyer, I believe, is going to turn tail again and run before he can start to reap the whirlwind of what he has unleashed at Ohio State. Right as the program starts to slip, just as happened at Florida, Urban Meyer wants out. He can build it up, and that five- or six-year window of him building it up is engaging and energetic and exciting, but as soon as it starts to come back down in the other direction, Urban Meyer leaves. I think that's what's happening in Ohio State. I think just like Urban Meyer left behind a mess at Florida, Urban Meyer is going to leave behind a mess at Ohio State. Will he ever get back into college football coaching? I think that's an interesting question. If right now I'm waking up in L.A. and I'm thinking about Urban Meyer leaving Ohio State, you know what I'm thinking? Why couldn't USC hire Urban Meyer? Think about this logic from Urban Meyer's perspective. What he did. He went in at Florida when the SEC was at an ebb in terms of overall coaching excellence, and he won a couple of championships. He went in at Ohio State when the Big Ten was at a coaching low, and right as everybody starts to elevate the game and prove that they can compete at a high level with Urban Meyer's Ohio State Buckeye team, he bails on the conference. Where is the lowest caliber of success right now in major college football? Pac-12. Which is the best job in the entirety of the Pac-12? USC. Tell me that if you are looking out at the landscape of college football right now that you're not detecting a pattern. Urban Meyer builds up a program, doesn't enjoy sustaining it, isn't able to sustain a program long-term because some of the very reasons why he can win quickly also end up being noxious 
and tearing down his program from the inside. We saw it happen at Florida. We're seeing it happen at Ohio State. Ultimately, the BS that Urban peddles catches up with him. And before he has to sit there and take all of the losses that come from his implosion from an inside of a program, he skedaddles. He blamed health down at Florida. I think it was really just Nick Saban and the excesses of the Florida Gators catching up with him. Now, at Ohio State, I think we're starting to see the same sort of rot. And Jim Harbaugh is going to play the role of Nick Saban. What if Urban set out for a year? What if USC continued to decline and that Trojan job came open? You telling me that Urban Meyer to USC wouldn't be an exact replica of what we've already seen Urban Meyer do in college football? Now, maybe he's done with coaching. Maybe all the stress and all the mess surrounding Zach Smith has zapped him of all the energy to want to continue to coach. Maybe he'd look at the NFL. Maybe he'd look down the road at Cleveland and be interested in going to coach in the NFL where he doesn't have to deal with all the management concerns and all the NCAA rules and all the expectations that come with being a head college football coach. But a part of me thinks Urban Meyer would see that USC Trojan program on the glittering hill of the college football all-time greats and be unable to resist one more rebuilding job. Clay Helton's been fine. He ain't Urban Meyer. USC, think about it. I think that Urban Meyer and Ohio State's over. The question is, what's the next chapter going to be for Urban Meyer? It's one of the three best coaches in college football right now, but it's unbelievable to me how much the situation at Ohio State is starting to mirror the situation that happened at Florida. Agree or disagree, look at those similarities and tell me that you're not also noticing them exactly as I am. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. 
Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you.